Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. your host Armando Gulo and as usual I'll be joined by Justin Wells. It's October officially, which, you know, as a baseball fan, that that that's that that's heaven to your ears. October, it's like a kid in a candy store. It's what you really uh hope for for the whole season and it's what you really look forward to, especially if your teams can get in it. Justin, I know that uh tomorrow's a big day for you and your team. The Dodgers obviously made it to the division series, so I'm kind of not sweating it for a little bit, but I know that uh you got a big game tomorrow and uh how you feeling, buddy? I mean, that's a hell of an intro for Tim Tebow's debut in the Arizona Fall League. He went deep, bro. First pit, I mean, first at bat, give it to him. Give it to him. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I, uh, I dislike the idea of a one-game wild card uh, sometimes, uh, particularly now when my team has the sole possession of a spot that would have been a playoff spot going right into the uh, league division series until before baseball decided to have a one-game uh, elimination. But, you know, you have to take what you're given, and yeah, it should be a great pitching matchup in uh, Queens tomorrow night. Noah Syndergaard and Madison Bumgarner, you know, two of the game's elite frontline starters. Both of them have had a great deal of playoff success, albeit Syndergaard has made it to the playoffs now in both of his professional seasons, and Bumgarner uh, seems to get there just about every other year. Yeah, and I, I mean, we had this conversation off air a little bit uh, earlier, and I was talking about how it's an even year, and they squeaked in, and I'm kind of pissed off at the Dodgers for doing so and letting them get in there, especially, uh, you know, being rivals and whatnot. But for me, it would have been the same. I would have had the same sentiments with the with the Cardinals because they're 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 both teams that if they're in, they're a danger. They know what they're doing. They 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 got managers that that know what you know how to how to play the game. They got teams that have been there before, have experience. So they're not teams that you want to face. But neither are the Mets. So I, I really think tomorrow's matchup is going to be really exciting. And and, <clears throat> and like you said, man, no Syndergaard. He's been there before. Uh, for me, I like his makeup. I like his mental makeup. He doesn't really take anything too serious. He's really a grinder. 
or a competitor out there, and it's somebody that uh, I really like to see uh, get the ball every fifth day. So I, I think you guys are in good hands there. My only thing though is if you guys get uh, you know by the the Giants, I think it's going to be slim pickings for you guys in that in that rotational sense. Yeah, well, that's the other thing though. You know, typically in any other elimination game. You know, if we were talking actually a division series elimination game, you'd have a guy like Johnny Cueto uh, available if Baumgartner gets hit early. Or for the Mets, you'd have Bartolo Colon available if Sindergaard gets hit early. But neither of these guys are going to be on the active roster tomorrow night, mainly because of the fact that you know, the winner of this ser- the winner of this game is going right to Chicago to play on Friday. So that's the that's the added complexity that comes to the wild card game is a totally different lot roster construction that you'd have in uh you know the regular season on their 25 man game 25 man roster or for that matter your postseason roster uh, so it may, it definitely makes things interesting you'll definitely see more bats and more relief arms um it's one where if either of them gets in trouble you know bochi or Kerry collins are going to go to the pen immediately you don't foresee either of them doing so but yeah that's that it's an all hands on deck in the pen type of game um, I'm still not sure that I love the one game playoff, but that's just because it's new and maybe I'll get used to it. But uh, it also just seems like Baumgartner and Syndergaard going, this game is going to end 11 10. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it typically, uh, it, it happens that way from time to time. But you mentioned something very interesting, Van, and that's the bullpens and, and how um, the managers are will, will not be reluctant to go to the bullpen early and often if necessary. In that regard, who do you, you know, give the favor to uh, as far as arms in the pen and what you've seen, especially as of late. Oh, it's the Mets. The Mets, the Mets eighth and ninth inning guys, and actually now seventh inning guy, Fernando Salas has been really good. They've been, they've been very, very good over the last stretch of this season. And the Mets, you know, it's worth noting have the best record in baseball over the last, over the last five weeks. Uh, The Giants on the other hand have melted down completely in their bullpen lately. So, you know, if we see their bullpen, uh, I just hope it's not with too few outs to spare and down because if we can get into that pen early, I think that we have, I think that is, you know, I mean, obviously if you get into a team's pen early, things have gone well, but I don't think they can beat us if we get to their pen early. No, I, I agree with that. And then I, I think ultimately the key is getting past the bum gardener, whatever it takes. And, um, I just think that the, your your lineup is going to be able to uh, work the count enough and, and get enough quality at-bats to really make him sweat, Because uh, especially at home. I love what the Mets have at home. City Field really does get rocking uh, you know, during these, these, these big games and these big matchups, especially in the postseason. So I'm really looking forward to that environment. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens, and I really do think that it's going to be a really exciting game uh, tonight. However, is 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 also going to be a very exciting game up in Toronto. Uh, we have Chris Tillman going up against Marcus Stroman. I know Stroman hasn't had the best season as far as numbers are concerned, and I really do think it's mechanical issues. Um, but what are your thoughts on the matchup, and and how do you feel, man? Going, uh, you know. Who are you really favoring in this matchup tonight? I know, like it's like you said, it's really interesting, and you really the strategy really does change in a one and done situation. But uh, I think both of these teams have a lot of pop. Obviously, I really do think it's going to be just like uh, if you could get past the start and get into that bullpen early. I think that's going to matter as well here. Right, and this game is going to end one nothing on the on the other on the opposite law. It's going to end one nothing on like a bloop single from the uh, you know, the lightest hitting guy on either team. Like Devin Travis is going to win this game one nothing for Toronto with a bloop single. 
I mean, it's, they'll take it. I'd be, I'm pretty sure they'll take it. Anybody, anyone take that. I mean, it, it's similar. Neither of these teams are particularly like the Jays actually have much better starting pitching, I think, than the Orioles. But this is the one matchup they possibly could have right now that I don't think favors them. Like, I, if I'm the Jays, I'd rather see Sanchez or Hap going out there tonight. But I know they pitched over the weekend instead of Stroman because Stroman's been very erratic this season. Um, I don't think it's not. I think it's the mechanics. I also just think that, uh, you know, I've said it a lot. A guy of his size pitching in the majors, it's tough. He's 5'8 and 170. That's not your classic pitching body. No, I hear you, man. Especially after a marathon of a season, I could see that being an issue. I mean, he's already had major major surgery and had had missed a large portion of last season. So definitely, you know, the injury bug has has gotten to him. I just think that his stuff is electric, and on his night, he really can dominate a game. And I think you'd agree on that. Um, but it, you know, this lineup is going to be tough to navigate. I've really been, you know, steadfast on my commitment to the Orioles in this wild card situation. I really do think that the Orioles are going to be able to. To, uh, to to just do enough, even though I think Toronto is going to be a really tough place, really tough environment to do that in, because I, I I know that that stadium also can get really really loud, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Toronto, I mean, they're a bit. Both of these teams actually have some uh, postseason experience. I was going to say Toronto has a bit of an edge there, but I'm realizing that Baltimore's actually been to the postseason twice in the last five years, so they have some some players who do have that experience particularly their leader, Adam Jones. Uh, you know, he's a guy I'd like to see get far into the playoffs. Um, I'm a big Adam Jones fan, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him get further than I would the personalities in Toronto. Like Joey Betts, um, he kind of rubs me and a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, I do, I, and it's not has nothing to do with the bat flips. Like, I love I, I love a good bat flip. It has to do more with the, uh, the you know, the kind of – he just doesn't seem particularly likable. And I can't really put my finger around exactly what it is. I don't know either, man, because I really got no problem with the guy. But I could see what you're saying as far as players rubbing you the wrong way and, and not really. Uh, and, and then having, to, you know, these players that you root for, like Adam Jones. You know, for me, I really, you know, I'm happy for Mark Trumbo in the season he's had. I really think, you know, he deserves, uh, you know, all the credit in the world for, for turning this season around and really having this breakout year, MVP-type talks, you know. But, um for me, I really I like to see Buck Showalter. I think he's a really smart manager. That's where I really think the edge comes into this uh, into this matchup. They're two teams that are really familiar with each other, both you know playing in that AL East. But I think Buck Showalter's experience and his knowledge of the game is is pretty much gonna, you know I give him the leg up you know on Toronto here, and I do like what he's doing. I really think that that getting them this far under the circumstances under you know if if you would have said that the 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 Orioles had a chance in this wild card situation as the season started I am pretty sure you would uh you you would not be in that in that situation no I I agree with you so uh picks on the two games in the National League who do you have winning um well I got the Orioles in this and then I have uh in the National League I'm gonna go with the Mets I uh, I have the Orioles and the Giants. Oh really? Is this superstitious, or is this, no, or is I'm, this like it's honest? Frightened. It's frightened. It's it being completely frightened of Bumgarner. I know how good Noah Syndergaard is, but I also know how good uh, Madison Bumgarner is in the in the, in the playoffs and in this type of situation. I, I I you know, as a fan, I would love to see the Mets win. I'll be at the game tomorrow night. I hope my prediction is wrong. 
but I, it, it's it's Baumgartner. He's just too good in these spots. Yeah, he. I mean, he is. He is, but he's a human being, and I think that you know, nerves can be, be get to you. And I know that he's pitched in, in in big big games, but one and done is a really really peculiar situation. And I just think being on the road and being you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on him, being as he knows that the bullpen is kind of trash. He knows that his team is kind of lucky to be there. I think he's that's added pressure on, on a guy. Although I know that he can do it. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I have a gut feeling that the Mets are going to be able to pull this out. Hopefully I'm right in your, you know, because next week talking to you is not going to be good if it's not the Mets. No, no, it won't be, but I'll, I'll, I'll soldier on. So that brings us then to the division series. So let's, let's avoid talking with the ones with the play, with the wild card play-ins first. Let's first go with the American League series. It starts on Thursday night in Boston between the Cleveland Indians and the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, interesting series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Thursday night, we're going to have Porcello, we're going to have Bauer, then we're going to have on Friday, Price and Kluber. Those are really good matchups. We've talked about Cleveland's pitching time and time and time again during this season. And we've talked about Boston, you know, kind of struggling in that aspect. I know David Price is 17 and nine, but that is, that is a very generous 17 and nine. Rick Porcello is a solid pitcher, but I really think that this series is going to depend a lot on pitching. Although, um, you know, although Boston is a very offensive team, I I don't know, man, I kind of like Cleveland here. Um, I I think I like the Red Sox just because the, just because of that nonstop offense, but it wouldn't shock me to see Cleveland, go out there and totally dominate the pitching wise. Now I just know that I just sat on like the biggest fence possible, but I, I happen to think that, you know, the good pitching could be good hitting to a point, but that Red Sox lineup is lethal. And I, I don't see anybody in the AL who stops. Them. So you think the David Ortiz train just keeps rolling along here? I think it does through this series. And the big the big issue with this is going to be how's the almost the week off going to get us because that offense was firing on all cylinders towards the end of the season what's the week off going to do to them no that's a very good point man and when you're playing in those types of situations and you're you're you know you're firing on all cylinders like you said the last thing you want to do is have any time off you just want to keep grinding and keep battling how many times have we seen a team you know for the giants this season for example go into the all-star break really hot and the best team in baseball and then come back after some time off and really just be very 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 poor um so yeah i mean that's the last thing you want and that's a very good point but uh you know pitching and hitting it's it's you know the classic tale of of those two and i really do like the pitching aspect here kluber has been lights out bauer and it's if you know salazar can get going and stuff i really do like this this rotation i just think it's going to probably probably go go five i mean they're so evenly matched in different aspects that i just think it's going to be a battle and it's going to be a long series here yeah, I mean, the, the Indians are clearly going to score enough runs, too, because they, you know, they haven't had issues scoring runs all season. Their big surge was in the middle of the season. They faded a little bit towards the end, but stayed strong enough to win over 90 games and take the Central handily. So they've, you know, they've, they've earned their way there. The Red Sox have earned their way there by being the best team in the toughest division in baseball. Uh, I, think it's, I think it comes down to everything you're highlighting. I think it's really going to come down to, though, uh, is Cleveland's bullpen good enough to hold leads against this Red Sox lineup? That's I think a, it is. That's a good question. I do think I, I think it's good enough. I think it's good enough. It might not be the greatest bullpen, but I do think it's good enough. 
Yeah, and then on the flip side, is Boston's bullpen good enough to hold leads against Cleveland? And in tight games, they haven't been particularly. Good. I'm not sure, man. I think Kimbrel's kind of a liability going into this uh, into this uh, into this postseason right now. Yeah, well, I mean, Kimbrel even needs a lead though. The eighth inning has actually been a real trouble spot for the Red Sox. Koji Uehara hasn't been particularly good. Uh, I mean, they just uh, they they've just had trouble nailing down an eighth inning, man. Now, the other thing in this series I want to talk to you about is obviously David Price got big money from the Red Sox. Pitched to a 17 and 9 record with an ERA just north of 4. Maybe you know, a testament to how good that offense is. What's on the line for him in this postseason? You know, he's never been had the reputation of being a big postseason pitcher or or being necessarily good during the season uh, or necessarily good in these aspects or in these games. Also, I mean, this season has been a very lackluster season for what was expected with the contract shelled out to him and stuff. I think a lot is on the line here. I think most more more than anything is pride. And secondly, I think he really does have to prove himself in this postseason, make his money and prove uh, and prove that he's worth it. And, and more than anything, really, is just to prove that he belongs in these situations because we all know the stuff he has and we know that he's a really smart dude and has good mental makeup, but we just see him struggle and this season has been a really, really, really tough grind for him and I don't don't know if I'm confident that he's going to be, you know, the pitcher that people expect him to be right now because he hasn't been, but I think he does, a lot is on the line for him as far as his reputation's at stake. Yeah, I I happen to agree with you because I think We've seen enough of him in the postseason as to where he actually could. Right now, he has a reputation that's, you know, it's Kershaw light as far as pitching in the postseason goes. He's a former Cy Young Award winner. He's totally dominant on his day. Uh, but he's also seen as a guy who chokes in the playoffs. Now, Kershaw's quote unquote choking in the playoffs is to an extremely, extremely lesser degree because Kershaw just doesn't also get run support in the playoffs. Price is choking in the playoffs has actually been just, you know, he blows up. Nothing good, nothing good happens for him. So it's interesting. It should be interesting to see if he can change the trajectory on that and also maybe make the Red Sox not think that we have this guy we've signed for a lot of money. He's only getting older and maybe we sign him past the peak. Maybe we sign him when he's no longer, you know, got that kind of value. Yeah, I think that's that might be the case here, and I think that we see that a lot, dude, especially now in the market, how it works, it, it, giving these pitchers long contracts for a ton of money, you know, what it, during risky times in their careers. I mean, you know, the Diamondbacks did it with Zank Greinke. It's all kind of the same. It's all relative, and it's, 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 it's a predicament that baseball has put itself in because if you want to compete at the top level, you got to be willing to take these these risks, but I mean... I mean, Boston will be fine because they have all the money in the world, right? But it's just it's it just does mean a lot for his career and his reputation to come out here and really prove his worth. So, how do you how do you see this one going? I like Cleveland, believe it or not. I like Cleveland in five. Cleveland in five. I'm going Red Sox in four. Okay. I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue with you, man. These teams are so evenly matched. Like I said, in different aspects of their game, uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, you know. It's been a while since we've seen a series be so, you know, we see a lot of offenses and that's been kind of the trend. So to see a pitching staff like the like like the Indians go and pitchers like Rick Porcello get a chance to go out there. And even this David Price situation is going to be nice to keep an eye on. So I really do like and I'm excited to see this series, man. No, as am I. So let's uh, let's now go to the potential for 
we both picked the Orioles, but we'll talk both teams match up, matching up against Texas. We'll just try to do it quick. The Texas Rangers, uh, best record in the American League, somehow doing it with a very, very, very minuscule run difference as covered last week. Um, a team that play, a team that basically seems to rally from behind a lot and win. Uh, where do you have them versus the Orioles in, in a five-game series? I would like Texas uh, against the Orioles. I just think, like you said, rallying a lot, um, you know, the mental toughness of this team coming from behind. They they outscore you. They definitely aren't a pitching team. They haven't been ever, and that's never been the case in Texas. But I really do like them. And if they're going to get into a slugfest, they're a team that can compete. And I think that that's the case with either Toronto or, or, or Baltimore is that it's going to be a slugfest. And if you can compete, uh, you have you have a really good chance. And I think the mental makeup, and not just that, but the experience of this team and, and guys like – Adrian Beltre and, and and players of that ilk that have been there and really, you know, battled with this team for quite some time and quite a few years. I, I really do like the core there. I like what they're doing. Uh, and, 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 and I really think that uh, they're, they're superior than any of the teams uh, out of the East right now. Um, I, I agree with you then on those two, on the two teams they might be playing against. But against the Orioles, the one thing I have to say is uh, – I, I don't think that Baltimore can take the other two of the other three games necessary where Cole Hamels isn't pitching. And I think Cole Hamels is, I think Cole Hamels still, even though he's, you know, he's, he's allowing more men on base. He's not striking quite as many guys out. It's still good enough to win a series for a team, especially in the American league. Um, I, I, so I, I give the advantage to them solely on the basis of the starting pitching of Hamels. Uh, the pen for Texas is, it's decent. It's not phenomenal. It does the job. Baltimore's pen is ridiculous because you have Darren O'Day going to Zach Britton. So I think the key for Baltimore is if, they, if they're going to go anywhere against the Rangers, should they get past Toronto, it's going to be establishing leads in games and then shortening them and getting the games to their pen because Baltimore probably has the best bullpen of any of the remaining teams. That's a good point. That's a very good point, man. That's a very good point. But I think, you know, home field plays a factor. There's a few different factors here. It's going to be tough sledding for any of the wild card teams, uh, Baltimore obviously included there. Uh, I, I just I just think that the, the, the Rangers have enough, and, and they, they've been together long enough and have a good core and experience to do this, to see it out. Yeah. So if that was the matchup, Baltimore and the Rangers, which way would you go? I'd go... As much as I'd liked the Orioles, I'd still have to go Rangers. I've been impressed by the way they played all season long. I'd go Rangers in in four. Yeah, I, I happen to. I I fully agree with that. Rangers in four, and then if it's Toronto, uh, you know, once again, two teams that are gonna hit, they're gonna slug the ball. Which way do you go on that one? Uh, yeah, and Toronto doesn't have the bullpen that that uh, Baltimore does, as you said. So I, I'm gonna have to go the same. I'm gonna go Texas in four there as well. I, I think that would be Texas and four also. Um, let's go to the the National League Division Series that's already set. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Washington Nationals. Uh, Dodgers kind of catching, uh, I mean, albeit it's a break that's been known for a while, catching a break in the fact that they don't see Steven Strasburg. Right. But you do still see Max Scherzer. However, you're offsetting Scherzer with Clayton Kershaw. That's right. Uh, I mean, for us, the only the only person that's been announced for the for the Nats, I believe, is Scherzer to to, to start off the series. We have uh, Kershaw, Hill, and Maeda going one, two, and three with 
Urias being a potential at a, a to four or maybe Kershaw, depending on what the situation is. You know, it's a, it, it's it's a really good series, man. I mean, season records: uh, ninety five wins for the Nats, ninety one for for the Dodgers. Home home records have been phenomenal for both teams. Over fifty wins for both teams at home. Uh, you know. I, the Nats slugged the ball a little bit more. Uh, they hit the ball a little bit more. They've had, I mean, they got six guys with 20 home runs. Um, they steal a little bit more. They play good National League baseball, Dusty Baker-style baseball. Um, so for me, it really is a tough series. But I feel comfortable because the Dodgers have have had a decent record against the Nats in, in recent times. And, 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 and to be quite honest, missing Strasburg is, is just the stroke of luck that, that maybe this Dodger team really need needed. I mean, they're, they're a gritty team. They didn't finish the season off on a high, the losing uh, or getting swept by the Giants, but, but they're a very gritty team. They're a team that's had their back against the wall, dealt with, with injuries and, and, and really came through and, and, and really are getting a lot of health back as the season has progressed and towards the tail end of the season, Yasiel Puig got going. I know he wasn't injured, but he got going, got himself back, his mind right. Uh, Andre Ethier got back, Clayton Kershaw got back in, in rhythm. So I, I think as the season progressed, we started to see a stronger and stronger Dodger, Dodger team. And I just think uh, the mentality is there for this team, you know, and Dave Roberts has worked miracles. So I really do uh, think it's going to be a hell of a series, man. But I, I like the Dodgers in this. Um, I happen to agree with you, like in the Dodgers, also partly because of the fact that, you know, you have injuries to Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy. Murph hasn't played in about a week or two. So you have to think that, you know, there might be a loss of rhythm there. However, if he gets hot, especially in the playoffs, he'll carry, he can carry a team. We've seen it happen before. He is... I, I don't recognize the player he is anymore because of the fact that he wasn't this player for eight years in New York, but he's a ridiculous, ridiculous player at this point. You'd have to figure also that the Nats game two starter is going to be Tanner Roark. It's when you get to a game three where the injuries to Joe Ross and Steven Strasburg in the rotation really have hamstrung them. I mean, are they going to trot Gio Gonzalez out there? God, God, I hope so. I mean, Gonzalez has been getting pounded for the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that, that, that I, like you said, Strasburg not being there, they have some key injuries, and 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 it's not the strongest Nats, Nats team that uh, that we've seen. Uh, they they've done a good job to get here in their their quality baseball team, but they really do ride Murphy and ride Harper offensively. We've seen that throughout the season. So if they're not at a hundred percent and they're still dealing with you know hampering injuries, and that can only benefit the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are in a a strong place. They're healthy. They haven't been this healthy all season. So. I really do think that uh, they're ready for the series, man. They had time to set their rotation. I, I really do think that, you know, winning early gave us the opportunity to rest certain guys when necessary to get the rotation set up. I really like it. I'm I'm confident in this team. Uh, not overconfident in this team, but I do like... Uh, I, I could say that they're the toughest team I've seen uh, for, for quite some time for the Dodgers. No, I I, I have to I have I, I have to agree with you on that. The other injury of note also, and I wonder how this is really gonna kind of work for the Nats pitching staff is that Wilson Ramos is I mean, he's 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 hurt. He's done. He tore his ACL. He's not gonna be there for this. Losing a starting catcher of his ability offensively as well as how well he works with the pitching staff. I mean, you know, you you've gone from facing a three hundred a, a, a catcher who's hitting three fifteen with twenty homers and seventy RBIs to facing Jose Lobaton. That can't be a negative for you. 
That's what I'm saying, man. They're, they're, they're really hard on luck right now on on the injury front and, and all that, and I really do think the, the Dodgers are lucking out, and it's all just a perfect storm. That being said, it is baseball. You have to play the game, and, and, and Dusty Baker's been around for quite some time, and they're a scrappy team as well, so I really do expect it to go at, uh, at least four, maybe five. Yeah, so in this one I'm saying it's going to be Los Angeles in four. I got the Dodgers too, but I think it's going to be in five. For whatever reason, I just think they're going to be able to trot Scherzer out there twice and potentially get those wins. Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned, Scherzer's FU mode is amazing, but you know, the home run ball, which the Dodgers actually now hit, is something that has plagued them all season. And you never know when a case of Max giving up the long ball is going to come up. No, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And like you said, uh, uh, you know, a catcher that he's unfamiliar with and then or not necessarily unfamiliar with, but not his his go to guy. It, it all changes for a pitcher. It all really uh, is important. And, and their creatures are habit and any little thing can really just just mess them up mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now moving on to the other potential series in the National League, the Major League best Cubs would face either the New York Mets or San Francisco Giants. Um, we've spoken about the Mets and Giants at the beginning of, the, at, at the beginning of this, so let's not we're not going to go too deep into it. But the, you know, it, it's in Chicago, it would go to Chicago on Friday, uh, Friday Saturday. The Cubs are going to throw out John Lester and Jake Arrieta in games one and two. Uh, yep, that's a it's a pretty impressive game one two starter. However, the one thing is Arrieta has been pretty bad lately. For yeah. his standards especially. Yeah, he's a human being. Uh, I guess we discovered that later on in the season. Uh, he has, man, but you know what? The Cubs are just such a good baseball team. Uh, Joe Madden is ahead of the curve all the time, and they've, they've proven the, to be the best team in baseball. They can plug pieces here, plug pieces there, and it's just not just the – but 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 what we're talking about, they, they have complementary pitchers as well, man. Their three, four guys have been solid all year. It's not just, you know, top-heavy staff. They really – Kyle Hendricks getting talk as a – That's what I mean. So they definitely have a well-rounded ball club. It's Theo Epstein, my hat's off to him. But but I think the thing with the Cubs is all the pressure's on them in reality. Uh, you know, the curse, this, that, and the third, it's all on them. It doesn't matter because they've proven to be the best team in baseball, yet it, it's World Series or bust. It's title or bust for this Cubs team, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's where actually I think uh, – so this is, this is the way I think it plays out. I think if they play the Giants, they're going to rip the Giants apart. I concur. I think if they play the Mets, the Mets are going to beat them. I don't know if they'll beat them, but it'll go to five, I think, in that situation. I think with the Giants, it'll definitely – not definitely, but I think it, that's a potential of a sweep. But I think – not five, uh, but I think with the, with the, with the Mets, it, it, that has the potential to go five for sure. Yeah, it's just I, I think that the Mets have the type of lineup that if – and once again, it all depends on how they do with the layoff. That, that one through five in that lineup now with Jay Bruce has started to hit a little bit towards the end of the season. If Cespedes gets hot, Cespedes, Jay Bruce, Jose Reyes, Estrebel, Cabrera, and Curtis Granderson can carry a team a long ways. That's a good a top five in the order as there is right now in baseball. The Mets have scored a lot of runs lately. That's why they're in, in a one-game playoff in the wild card. But I think that the Mets present the Cubs a much tougher matchup than the Giants. I still think the Giants are going to beat the Mets, though. <laughs> See, that's where it gets tricky, man. It 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 is what it is. I really do think it's going to be a tough matchup. That 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 Mets Giants game. These one game playoffs, man. Uh, I I really didn't know if I could get behind them, but they do. As 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 someone not 
emotionally attached to either of these games, they're a lot of fun to watch, man. They are really exciting. Get off your seat. Every pitch matters. Every at-bat matters. It is it is something else. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to vomit the entire time. Yeah, but October baseball do that to you. Yeah. So now, now that we've covered that piece, uh, the other news in baseball for, for the also-rans, your team's not involved in the playoffs. Um, start first with our with my favorite my favorite place on earth, the state of Arizona, particularly the city of Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Chip Hale and Dave Stewart, the GM and the manager, both losing their job in a season where the team massively underachieved. Considering the fact that teams, you know, they were being talked out as a contender in the NL West and will end up actually picking in the top ten in the draft this year. Uh, any thoughts on the two of them getting fired, Armando? Ultimately, it's all a scapegoat if Tony La Russa doesn't go, man. I mean, they're all puppets in his game. He, he, you know, the end all is Tony La Russa. These moves are Tony La Russa. He is still the baseball, I mean, the, you know, uh, president of baseball operations. So for me, until he goes, there's not going to be a change of culture in Arizona. It is ultimately down to getting rid of Tony La Russa because he's just going to plug in another Dave Stewart. He's going to plug in another Chip Hale. And it's not going to matter because... The ethos is still going to be the same. Tony Larusa is clearly clueless at what he's doing uh, in the front office, amongst other things. Yes. So I happen to fully agree with you. Um, there's something interesting, actually. If you go back beginning of the season, there's an article uh, with Ken Rosenthal kind of profiling Dave Stewart as the GM of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he talks about the signing of Zach Greinke in, in particular at length because that was the signing that was supposed to – between that signing and then the trade for Shelby Miller, those were supposed to be the two signings alongside the young arms that they have in Archie Bradley and Patrick Corbin that were supposed to push this team to relevance and contention. And it just didn't work out that way because Shelby Miller obviously got entirely annihilated and has been you know sent down to AAA once, brought back up, DFA'd. Basically, Shelby Miller's career is now a train wreck. And Zach Greinke didn't have the effect that, that they wanted to there as well. Now, I think some of it's probably pit going from an extreme pitcher's environment in Chavez Ravine to one of the worst pitcher environments possible in, in, in Arizona. Uh, you know, because that dry desert air makes the baseball carry. Uh, but Dave Stewart was the seventh person in the organization to know that Zach Greinke was going to be signing with the team. He's the GM. <laughs> that's, not a good, that's, that's not a good way to look at things. That's what I mean, dude. Like, that's ultimately, it just tells you how much of a puppet Dave Stewart was, how little control he had, how how, how few decisions he made. And, and that's why it, it all comes down to Tony La Russa. Until he's gone, it's going to be the same old, uh, you know, Diamondbacks in the cellar of the NL West. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel bad for Dave Stewart because clearly this is a lifelong baseball man. And he wants his, I mean, he pitched at a point in time where pitchers, the end of his career, pitchers still weren't making the money they are now, mainly because nobody makes the money to do as little work as a major league pitcher. But he, he you know, he wants to, he, he needs to fashion himself a life in baseball. That's what he wants. And he's going to be kind of tainted by this experience. You know, it's his first experience as a general manager of a team, and they really flamed out. Yeah, it's a shame. It has been a little tarnished for him, his reputation in, in the front office, and it's all down to, you know, his loyalties to Tony La Russa, and, and, and that's a shame because 
nothing's going to happen to Tony. He's untouchable as far as, you know, the baseball the baseball media, he's he's a genius. He he knows what he's doing. He's so many decades in the game, championship, blah, 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 blah. But he's he's clueless with the modern game. He doesn't know how it all works. It's bigger than him now. It's beyond him. And I, I just, I don't know. Not to beat Tony La Russa, it, it doesn't matter to me. I have no preference towards him either way. I just think that he is what is, you know, causing that franchise to stagnate at this moment in time. And it's not in a good way. It's not, they're not in a good place. You know, they're, it's a stale product that no matter how much blood you pump into it and how much money you try to throw into it, the ethos is still the same. The mentality is the same and it's a toxic environment. And, and that's apparent with their record. That's apparent with their turnover and management. That's apparent in the last few seasons of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, the other thing, too, though, is you bring up now the other guy in the equation, Chip Hale. Chip Hale is a guy who is extremely well thought of throughout baseball, so he probably won't have trouble getting another job. Uh, I wouldn't be averse considering the fact that he has already served at one point as a bench coach for the Mets to actually have him brought in to be the bench coach for the Mets again at next season and groomed as a replacement for Terry Collins because Terry's, you know, the old one of the older managers in baseball. I think it's Terry Collins and Joe Madden are the two oldest. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that sort of succession plan. And also, you know, the Mets need a better bench bench coach than what they've had this year. Uh, that have, losing Bob Guerin to the Dodgers really actually hurt the Mets. I know we're talking about Chip Hale, but I think that you know he's probably going to take a step back as a bench coach and will probably get another shot as a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the old, you know, like the NFL adage where, uh, you know, a, a top coordinator gets a job, he, he fizzles out a little bit for circumstances beyond him, and then he gets a coordinator job, does really well again, and then, you know, he'll get another job. That's the way it works, and I think baseball is a lot the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as long as Rex Ryan never gets another head coaching job, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a shot at Rex. Uh, you know he's going to keep getting work, man. He's the Kevin Costner of, of football for some reason. So uh, the, the, other, uh, the other notable manager firing in the last week, uh, out of Colorado, Walt Weiss fired as the manager of the Rockies. The particular reason there is the fact that Walt Weiss and the Rockies GM really hated each other was he fired or did he step away from that he he stepped away but it kind it was kind of one of those situations where it was an either him or me got it got it um it's a shame man i think walt weiss is probably the best manager they've had there since uh clint hurdle obviously and uh he hasn't really done much to sully his name in management i mean the rockies are what they were they had a really good team or they had a really good season this year nolan arenado is one of the MVPs of the National League. He's got to be in that discussion, if not the man. Uh, he 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 gives you hope for this for this Rockies team. It gave you a sense of hope, a sense of direction. They had something building, and all it does is just back to ground zero with the Rockies. It's back to rebuilding, back to oh, you know, let's figure out what we're doing. Let's set another ethos. Let's do it all over again. And really. You know, I, I can't expect Carlos Gonzalez to be too happy with this going forward. And, 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 and even Arenado, this does affect them. This affects the players they have now. It's just one of those situations. Uh, it's a shame, man. I really thought Walt Weiss had something good going there. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that he, he had a great thing going there. For one thing, he handled pitchers better than anybody recently out of, out of Colorado has. I mean, Chad Betts, uh, Tyler Chatwood, and John Gray actually give this team a little bit of hope that there's going to be something moving forward. Now, 
whether or not all three of them are long-term rotation staples in Colorado, given up, given the makeup of their stuff, it, you know, it's a question that leaves me asked, especially Chatwood. If you looked at his home or road splits, Chatwood was a phenomenal road pitcher and a terrible home pitcher. But then you look at, but John Gray is the one who I actually thought that the team handled really well. They brought him along from a guy who was struggling early in the season to, you know, starting to show flashes of why he was the third overall pick in a draft. And ultimately the kind of pitcher they probably need in Colorado because he misses bats, which is important there. But I think that he handled that team really well. I mean, if you look at what they, if you look at their year, year over year improvement between, you know, two years between the 2015 season and the 2016 season, I think it's about 12 games. And that, you know, 12 games is a sizable improvement in Major League Baseball. They, they improve another six games next year. I think they're a 500 baseball team. They need that kind of trajectory. They need that kind of stability. And losing Walt Weiss is probably not a particularly good, particularly good move for them. Weiss, by the way, is probably going to get another managerial job. I would expect him to get another managerial job relatively quickly, yeah. There's not a ton of openings in baseball at the moment, but he will get one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully it's a place that values and appreciates, uh, you know, what he's doing in the dugout. Because I really do think he's one of the brighter young managers in the game, for sure. And the other guy to bring up in this particular situation is Paul Molitor, who is twisting in the wind at the moment. Oh, Paul. God. I mean, it's he deserves it. He deserves it so badly. He let me down so badly. Damn it, Paul. I mean, to be fair, the entire franchise is a disaster there. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. They got so much to do, so much work to do. It's really a rebuilding from top to bottom. Uh, I don't know, man. Nobody wants to take, nobody wants to take their GM job. That's the place well, to start. That, that's, somebody actually needs to take that job. That's the only reason Molitor's still there, I think. Uh, yeah, it actually is. It's the uncertainty of knowing whether or not a new president of baseball operations or GM or whatever you want to call them actually wants to go out and hire their own manager, which everybody knows the answer to that. They do. You you, you take over a job, you want to hire your own coach. That's the way it works in sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's just, it's one of those jobs, like the GM job's not appealing. That manager job's one of the tougher ones to sell at this moment in time, too, I think. But, I mean, good luck to whoever takes that. Or good luck to you, Paul, if that's still you, but I doubt it. Yeah, and one other uh, manager to bring up because I just remembered that he also lost his job. Uh, this one's a little bit sad to me because I'm a particular fan of him as a player, but probably deserved to lose his job as a manager on balance is Robin Ventura, whose clubhouse was a mess, whose team was operated as a joke, and you know the White Sox were the White Sox were bad. There's no skirting around the fact that a massive lack of leadership was a huge part of their problem. Yeah, I mean, Robin Ventura's time had, had gone. He needed to go there. Uh, somewhere Nolan Ryan is laughing. Yeah, somewhere Nolan Ryan is you know, just thinking, landed it in the face. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Robin Ventura. Oh, but you deserve it. And now also, Armando, is your, 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 your brief, you know, your, your fleeting amount of time to gloat about Barry Bonds losing his first coaching job in the majors. I'm actually not going to gloat, man. I thought he did a really, really good job. The, the Marlins were fourth in, in, in batting average. I thought they really did a good job. I, the team seemed to like him. Uh, I mean, I've heard grumblies that maybe Giancarlo wasn't a huge fan of his, per se, but they really seemed 
to be on the right path with him. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, my question to you, I think, more is do you think he'll be back in baseball or do you think this was his one-time cup of tea? You know how temperamental he is. Uh, do you think he'll be gone? I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard much about anything except for the rumblings that you did that John Carlos Stanton didn't like him. But I can't picture where a guy who look McGuire got how many McGuire got how many jobs before he you know was shit canned out of the game. It's he's gonna get another job. He's gonna get another chance. Teams are gonna look at that batting average and say, eh, you know what, the team he coached didn't do that badly. How much of that is actually the fact that the Marlins have really good position players who can hit? That that remains to be seen because I mean if you look at that Marlins lineup. Christian Yelich is a guy who can hit. Marcelo Zuna is a guy who can hit. Giancarlo Stanton will never hit for average, but he's going to, you know, he hit more baseballs 115 miles an hour plus than anybody else in the league this year. There's there's a lot of offensive talent on that Marlins team. And the question is, did he did Bonds really get as much out of him as he could? Because while they ranked fourth in batting average, look at where they ranked in runs. Lower half. No, you're right. That's a very good point. Very good point. I, I guess only time will tell. We'll see next season how it goes. Um, I kind of think, I, I kind of hope he does get another job, believe it or not. No, I, I do too. And I mean, it's actually, I don't know if I do. I don't know how much I like <laughs> Barry Bonds or hate Barry Bonds. I'm confused too. He's been humanized this year and it's been a little, it's a little weird. It's also because of the fact that when you look at him in a baseball uniform, he actually looks like a normal sized person again. Yeah, I'm very confused. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's like a cartoon character. You're right. You're right. Well, Justin, I think that's a good time to wrap this up, man. Uh, we got some baseball to go watch. Actually, let's watch this at ALDS. And uh, good luck tomorrow, my friend. Well, we have actually one quick closer question I want to bring up to you. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll be quick on it. Uh, reader question from Gulino. Uh, he wants to know what's up with the celebrating for all these teams making it to one game playoffs. Uh, you gotta be in it to win it, buddy. Uh, I'm all about the champagne bath. I'm all about a celebration. I, uh, I'm all about a bat flip, like you said. It's just fun, man. It's just have fun. It's a baseball. You want to play in October and they're getting to do it. Yeah. I'm going to give you a totally different answer from a different sport. Um, one of my personal heroes just said this once. I don't got to talk. I'm all about that action, Haas. <laughs> I like it. I like it, my man. Oh, all right, Justin. How you feeling for tomorrow, though? You ready? I'm ready, I'm nervous, and I'll take pictures. You do that, man. All right, everybody. From me, from Justin, enjoy your baseball. Enjoy the October. Enjoy the fall. It's here, and it's time. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago if you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home you have an airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle if you live in a big game town you can airbnb your place for fans to stay in your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.